Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Welcome, everybody. And I'm Pastor Pat. For those of you with us for the first time, welcome to Living Word. And we're delighted to have all of you who are watching as well. And uh, honored to have you to be a part of this. And thank God for breakthrough and blessing in your life today. In this series that we've been doing on lifestyle Christianity, it really has been about the real-time presence of God. How many of you thank God that Jesus rose from the dead? And how many of you also thank God that what that means to you is that he's accessible every moment of your life? Amen? And it's important for us to know that. It's important that Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Comforter. And he's going to abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth in the world cannot receive because they see him not and don't know him, but you know him. Because he dwells with you and shall be in you. And he was talking to his disciples. And thank God that day is already here. Thank God. Amen. I got a tiger in the tank. Somebody give me a good amen. <laughs> and you do too. And so thank God today that lifestyle Christianity takes into reality the things that Jesus promised then and are true now. And so it's so important for us to realize that freedom came when he came. And what we've, what we've covered over the last three weeks, and today is the, really the, the end. I think it's the end. I don't know. I'll preach whatever he says. Amen. But lifestyle Christianity is really our message all the time. And it is that on four major pillars of revelation, you'll, you'll be able to flow very easily with God the Father. The God that made the, the universe is easy to get along with if you understand four things, because it's really built on this. Number one, he's good. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad he's kind? How many of you think the Lord wants you to be nice? Well, if you think that about what he thinks about you, don't you expect him to be nice? See, that's where people get messed up. He, he requires us to be kind, but we sometimes don't think he is. Amen. And so, I don't know, Pastor Doodad may have said something from a pulpit one day and so forth, and you not really know it, but I just want you to know. I mean, and, and if you need confirmation, just ask Dave Root. He knows God is good back here. Wave at everybody, Dave. Tell him he's good. He's good. Yes, he's good. One of our new elders, by the way. Amen. So, so understand today there's power in the process. And if you understand that God is good, that nothing's impossible with him. Amen. Come on. You might wake up today on a miracle day. The, the downside of that is you might need one. <laughs> Number three, thank God today that, that because of his goodness, he sent his son to bleed and pay a price with his own blood so that you could get blessed. So the things that were on you had to leave you. The curse of the law, the afflictions of the devil, the, the dominion of the enemy over your life, thank God, has been taken away, and now he's under your feet. So much Bible for all of that and so forth. But, you know, it's not so much that what we've been taught over the years uh, hasn't been right. It's what's left out the problem. And there's attitudes and function within what God wants to do in all of our lives. And so thank God today that, that he bled to pay for something, and it's paid in full. Yeah. Amen. And I've got the receipt. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. Amen. And then lastly, 
Everyone is significant to God, and he's no respecter of persons. He loves you today. Come on, do you feel God's love upon your life? He loves you today. He's absolutely in, in love with you. It, by the way, he, he's not necessarily interested in your, in your absorbing his love, but then acting like the devil. Thank you for those three amens and five grunts. Grunts are impactful. Helps me. Then we talked about getting in the yoke with Jesus and coming into this invitation into the yoke as an invitation into learning about him, walking in his direction, actually following the patterns and the pace of the kingdom of God with him in your ear all the time. It's an invitation to learn of him. He's meek and lowly in heart, and there you'll find rest for your soul. But it's not in activity because the yoke is a place of work. God calls us into the work of the kingdom. And, and walking with Jesus is really going to require it. In other words, you don't just go to church and then do your own thing for the week. You are going to do things that are important to your own calling and appointments in God. And by the way, just because I'm on a platform doesn't make me more important than the call that's on your life. Because Jesus is not the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of everything and the church. Are you with me? In other words, he's the best businessman you've ever met. Amen. He's the best doctor that you've ever met, the great physician. Amen. He's all those things for us. And so because that's who he is and because we honor his name, he is that and he is that with us. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And he is all of those things with us real time, all the time. So no matter where you go, he's going with you. And so it's a matter of yoking together with Jesus and then functionally trusting him like we covered last week. And so it's important for us to really get these things, and we're going to build on it today. And today's message is simply, you're made for this. Think about the original. When God made the planet, made him in his own image, and he made man in his own image, put him in the middle of it, breathed into him the, the breath of life. The Hebrew would say it's a, it's a che nefesh or he nefesh, which means a living soul. He became a living soul alive unto God, and walking with God and having dominion on the earth was normal. He didn't know anything else until it was introduced to an opportunity to sidestep the whole process, rebel against God, and the fall came, and every malady known to humanity came because Adam made the wrong choice. Somebody says, God's will. No, God's will was perfect unity Amen. in a sinless environment with dominion and authority. And so thank God Jesus came to outdo, undo, and overdo everything the devil ever did. I got that from Fuchsia Pickett way back in the day. And so today there's two realities that you and I have to come to grips with, and we're made for this. That today, and I'm going to show you in your Bible, because, because Christian humanism or Christian secularism is kind of like saying that I believe in God, but I don't believe in the interaction. I don't believe somebody can actually hear from God. And I'm going to suggest to you that you hear from God all the time. You just might not recognize it's his voice. His voice sounds like the book he wrote. It's called the Bible. It's a bestseller. You should get one. But if you want to be acquainted with the voice of God, be acquainted with the voice of the, of the writing of the Bible because all, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God-breathed. And is profitable for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness. The man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so in the pastoral epistles, it gives us instruction to really value what God said in the Word of God because it, it helps to get us acquainted with the functional voice of the Holy Spirit. And the Trinity is not Father, Son, and Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And He's the one that's functioning in the church because Jesus, the, the head of the church, said so. 
And he comes with gifts. He comes with fruits. How many of you thank God for the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Don't you wish your neighbors would walk in it? How many of you thank God for the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Somebody say, oh, I don't know. It seems kind of strange and weird to me. Not if you're acquainted with the gift giver. You get acquainted with the gift giver, you trust everything that he's bringing into your life. Power tools to be you. Let me say it again. He gives you power tools to be a better version of you. How many of you want all of God you can get? Amen. It's going to mean less of you and more of him. But you willingly vacate that real estate when you realize how good he really is. Amen. And we were coming more and more like him all the time. And so that's what, that's what being able to pay attention to God does for your life. And it brings you into a place where your faith is legit. It's real. And I'm expecting things to manifest in my life out of the kingdom of God. And so faith is what activates what's in the kingdom of God into a natural world. Amen. And so, uh, okay, I'll do, I'll do my best. He's say that again back there. Okay. That faith in God builds a bridge from what's in the kingdom of God into a natural world. Come on, how do we pray? Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth like it is. Okay, well, there's no disease there, so don't bring disease here. You don't need faith for disease. You need faith for healing. Why? Because that's the way it is in the kingdom. Jesus' whole message, Matthew chapter number four, sounded just like John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven. What's that mean? That means change the way you think heaven's accessible. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means I can get a hold of it. And so change the way you think and act like heaven's accessible. And the revelation of that hit the disciples as Jesus took them on a journey. And they're normal people. They're, they're IRS agents. They're normal people. They're, they're fishermen, they're, they're you know, furniture makers, they're, they're all of these different kinds of individuals, and Jesus calls them in, takes them on a journey, and shows them the kingdom. And they were, you know, they were kind of Gomer Pyle about it at the beginning. How many of you know Gomer Pyle? Shazam! <laughs> it worked! <laughs> Go holy. <laughs> and so, understand, Jesus brought into the natural realm the supernatural kingdom, and then he said, this is the way you need to think. And then they came back after he empowered not only just the 12, but another 70 on top of that. And they came back, and they said, shocked that it worked. They said, even the devils are subject unto us in your name. And Jesus said, well, I beheld Satan fall like lightning out of heaven. In other words, I saw him lose his anointing and fall to the earth. And so he was whipped in that moment. And he said, but just, just re it, it's supposed to work. When you, when you mention something, my name is supposed to work. It's like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Florida and been wishing I've been back there ever since, but <laughs> thank God's warming up. Amen. But uh, we had a national meeting down there to help pastors to uh, pastor more effectively and so forth and just sow and give ministry away. And, you know, a lot of guys are bivocational, so we're just doing the best we can to help them. National conference. And so I was asked to be one of the speakers of many down there. And so I've got all of these. These are some of my best friends. And, and so uh, we decided to go play, have an extra day and go play golf. And uh, golf is definitely godly in February. <laughs> just saying. And so after we got done playing, I asked one of my pastor friends, I said, I said how you doing? You know, I, how was your game? 
And he said, well, first three holes were okay, but I need back surgery. And so in any case, it was kind of an endurance contest for me for the rest of the round. And I, here we are, we're at the backdrop out in front of a golf course. And I said, well, let's pray for you. It's supposed to work. <laughs> There's a pastor and a dear friend of mine. And so I laid my hands on his back. The power of God hit him at the backdrop. Instantly pain gone. And he called me last Friday. I mean, so this has been several weeks now. And he said, Pastor Pat, I want you to know from the time that you laid your hands on me, I haven't had a minute's pain. And I'm, I don't need back surgery. I'm healed. And, he, and, in, and then he said, and what you said at the conference has changed my life. And we had 13 people give their lives to Jesus in our service last weekend. Come on, somebody. He said the church is coming forward, having prayer sessions. It's just amazing what God's doing, and God's just changed my life. And so anyway, he just called to thank me for all of that. How many of you know, thank God, kingdom come, will of God be done, is more than just a wish for some sovereign help, that it's actually a flow of life that happens on a regular basis to those who believe. Again, how do you pull the kingdom of God into the natural world and the spirit and the, and the natural working together? Because that's supposed to work. God's the God of both of them. How many of you know God made the world you're on? That he made everything your eyeballs have ever seen. Amen. And he's very comfortable walking within both spheres as if they're normal. Why? Because for him, it's the same. No matter where he is, there he is. Are you with me? And sometimes he's even occupying space you don't even, you're not even aware that he's in. And so I'll give you some things, but in those things, I just want you to understand, there's so many Bible examples of the natural world, and this is not all that there is. And what we have, here's the problem. There's a lot of folks that take a, a uh, humanistic view of something that really is all about faith in something that's not natural, it's spiritual. And I've had people tell me, some, I, I say, are you, are you a Christian? They say, well, I'm spiritual. Well, I knew that. Problem is, you might be hooked up with the wrong spirit. Come on, how many of you know you can meditate your way into hell? Come on, your yang gets in touch with your yang and they both go to hell. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. It was, a, it was a funny, I think I'm funny. Sorry. Sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I just want you to know that anything supernatural that's not attached somehow to a redeemer will lead you into bad places. I'm telling you, my dad could stop a clock on the wall with transcendental meditation. And he had to get delivered from that when he became a Christian. So I, I'm, I'm really not kidding. I've, I've been in Haiti where voodoo really affects people's lives. And so is there spiritual things around? Yeah, you've got to know how to navigate through that stuff. It's called spiritual warfare. Amen? Let, let, me, let me show you what the Word says in Ephesians chapter number 2. Not in my notes, but it's in my heart, so here it comes. Prepare yourself. Ephesians chapter number 2. The Bible says that we all, with, with the, the natural spin upon our life, we're manipulated by the spirit that's in this world. We all had our manner of life according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our manner of life. But God, who is rich in mercy, 
for his great love wherewith he has loved us. Come on, aren't you thanking God for the but God? Amen. He rescued us. Now we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's important for us to know that there is more opinions and more voices going on in the world around us than God's. And our ability to tap into the voice of God and come into the yoke with Jesus is extremely important because the truth will make you free. But the truth isn't the only voice out there. So people are looking for real answers. And so let me, let me just show you a couple of examples where the spiritual and the natural came together in the pages of your Bible. I can tell you several stories of my own personal experience, and I bet you can too. But it's important for us to get this. How many remember a prophet named Elisha? Anybody remember him? Yeah. Elisha. And um, uh, uh, he was the uh, prophet after prophet Elijah, really the protege, if you will. And he... One morning, he's just kind of minding his own business in the tent, and his servant Gehazi walks out the door, and suddenly there's the Syrian army come to kidnap Elisha. And so he kind of freaks out, goes into the tent, and says, we're surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha kind of nonchalantly looks up at his servant and says, well, there's more that be with us than they that be with them. Now, how many of you know Gehazi's first thought is, you know, prophet been smoking some rope in the tent. <laughs> Hello? Come on, how many of you know that he knows how to count? Thousand, two, problem. See, his eyes, what he saw in the natural was his problem. But what he saw in the natural wasn't all there was. And so he prayed. Elisha prayed and he says, open his eyes that he may see. And all of a sudden, God takes the veil off his eyes. He sees into the spirit, or the New Testament terminology is the gift of the discerning of spirits and so forth. And all of a sudden, in the mountains around them is the angels and the chariots of fire. With one word, all of the Syrian army are struck blind, and he takes them by the hand and leads them back home. How many of you think that's a powerful story? Okay. In other words, if you're hanging out with God, doesn't matter if there's an army against you, you're still the majority. Why? Because the natural is not the end of the story. Are you with me? That realm made this realm. God spoke it into existence, Hebrews 11.3. And so it's important for us to understand that there's all kinds of connections, how that the kingdom of God invades the natural world, and when it does, God is glorified, magnified. How many remember in the book of Daniel, a guy's named Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Say, yeah, just what I want to name my next dog. Hello. Okay. Here's their Babylonian names is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many remember them now? And so here they are. They're captive in a foreign land, but God has given them favor. They've taken political positions and so forth and so uh, amazingly anointed. And all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar decides to build an image of himself, a golden image. And every time the music comes up at a certain hour of the day, everybody in the kingdom is supposed to bow down and worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar. And so Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel, none of them are going to do that. And so they, they blow the, the trumpet and all the music and so forth. They don't bow and they get told on. Nebuchadnezzar gets mad at them. And they come before him and said, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you didn't bow down before the image? He said, even now, if you don't bow down, I'm going to toss you into the burning, fiery furnace. And they've, they've made it even hotter than before. And it's legit, too, because the guys that threw them in there, they burned up on just throwing those guys in there. So it's legit. And so the Bible says that when they tossed them in the fire, this, this is what they said. It's important to hear what they said. 
They said, oh, king, we're not even careful to answer you about this matter. Our God is able to deliver us, and he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not bound to you. Come on, how many of you know that's kind of spunky and awesome? That's what faith sounds like. Are you with me? Come on, y'all, y'all hear me in the cheap seats back there? Y'all right? Amen. You with the story? And so, and so they throw him in there, and Nebuchadnezzar goes, looks in the door. I'm sure he's several feet away because it's killer. And he looks in there, and they're running around in there. Woo! They're running around, and he said, didn't we throw three in? How come there's four in there? One looks like the Son of God. Come on, somebody. God will not only get in the natural with you, he'll get in the fire with you. Hallelujah. And the Bible says when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Amen. Smoked prophets. And so understand today that, that he's the same. How many remember when Thomas, Thomas said, I won't believe unless I, that Jesus is resurrected from the dead unless I poke my finger in the holes of his hands and in, in, in a hand into the side. And Jesus, eight days later, the Bible says, shows up in the room, the door's being shut. That means, boom, he's there. Hello. <laughs> After they get done freaking out, he comes to Thomas and says, go ahead and put the holes, the, the finger of your hands in the print of the nails. He's quoting Thomas. How many of you know that'll add some real paranoia to your life to know that God's quoting you? This might be a problem. And so again, Jesus manifests, and there's several times where he would just manifest in and out of the environment, and he was, he was you could handle him, so he was real, in the room, real. He would have a fish fry on the beach. How many of you know even in resurrection form, Jesus is not a vegetarian? Some all, somebody. Eating fish on the beach. <laughs> I just tried to mess with a few folks in the room. That's all right. That's all right. Eat those bean sprouts if you want to. Come on, we all go to heaven. You're just going to go to heaven with bad taste in your mouth. I'm sorry. It's, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Moving along. Quick, 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 quick. <laughs> I ain't eating Bill Gates hamburgers. I can just tell you, I ain't eating them. I, I'm like that little lady in the Wendy's commercial. Show me the beef. Venison, chicken, whatever. Gospel bird, fried chicken, hallelujah. How'd I get over here? Peter, Peter, I mean, think about it. Here's Peter, he's thrown in jail with James. James is killed, and here's Peter, he's next. And he's in, he's in jail, and all of a sudden, an angel, boom, shows up, tells him to come on. He does not even know where it's an angel. I mean, it, it just looks like a person. And he, he lifts him up, chains fall off of his hands. He walks him out, disappears into the, into the night. And Peter's suddenly aware that an angel came and set him free and so forth. And it's just the dynamics of the kingdom of God working, natural, supernatural, working together. And so what you need to understand, and the reason why I'm ministering this message is I want to bring into a contemporary setting the fact that God never changes, and he's still working in his church to do the things that I'm suggesting to each one of us. You say, well, he was an apostle. Yeah, well, Ananias wasn't. Ananias, mind his own business, hears from heaven, Acts, the book of Acts, the Bible says that God speaks to him so much so that he's arguing with God about whether or not he's going to lay his hands on Saul of Tarsus like the terrorist for the Jews. Right. 
coming to put people like him in jail. And so I don't want to touch that guy and so forth. He, and God has to remind him. He says he's a chosen vessel unto me. He's a street called straight. Tells him where he's at. Tells him where to find him. And all of a sudden, he goes and lays hands on him. He says, Brother Saul, I've come that you might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he lays his hands on him. Boom, all of a sudden, scales fall off his eyes. He's filled with the Spirit and becomes the Apostle Paul. That's a quick way to tell that story and simply say God knows how to quicken believers. Believers lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. Why? The kingdom of God come. Will of God be done. That was his message. Change the way you think. Heaven is accessible. And so act like it's accessible. Take risk. Do what God says in his word. Be a doer of the word. Not here is only deceiving your own selves, James says. And so we're doing, we're activating the word of God. And so unbelief, hear me now, unbelief is saying that the carnal rules over the spiritual. That the natural world has certain laws in it. And so because of those laws, we just kind of submit to whatever the laws are. Understand. It's not that we can't become proficient in natural laws. It just simply means that the spiritual world made the natural world, and God is the king of both. And he flows in both. And so, again, the disciples, they were, they were in Luke chapter number 10. Jesus ordained the 70 along with the 12, and they said, even the devils are subject unto us in your name. And they were surprised that it worked. What were they going from? They were going from a carnal perspective where God doesn't intervene to a perspective that in the authority of his name, the spiritual and the natural run together and manifest in the natural world. And so now here's a perfect scripture for this. I'll cover this and then I think we're done. But Romans chapter number 8, verse 5 and 6. Now there's a whole lot more to Romans 8 than this. This kind of gives you a snapshot in the point that I'm trying to make. But the Bible says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For, those, for to be carnally minded is, okay, it's not just a bad idea, it's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and Listen, I pray for a lot of folks to have peace that live with a carnal mind and the two kind of interrupt each other. In other words, if you, how many of you want life and peace? Amen. Be spiritually minded then, because that's the pathway to get there. Be carnally minded is death, and it's also anxiety, and it's also taking the God factor out like Israel did when they were trying to go into the land of promise and, and all those kinds of things. Again, let me give you another example here of being carnally minded. Israel is in 400 years of bondage. We used this illustration last week, so I won't go over in the detail, but but God, by Moses, brings them out of Egyptian bondage with a strong hand, uh, the blood on the doorpost, the Passover, and so forth. And out they come. They go through the Red Sea. By the way, there's nothing red about that sea. It's called the Red Sea because it's the blood of Jesus that they came through, exiting out of, out of the type of sin and the type of the devil, Pharaoh. Out they come. And God leads them, not into the promised land immediately. He leads them to a place where life is unsustainable out there. It's the wilderness. It's the deserts. It's the Saudi Arabian desert. And he leads them out there because he's going to teach them how to trust him. And so we covered this kind of last week, but, uh, but I want to make this point. God brought them into an environment that was unsustainable for human life. And so God had to sustain them. And so he was manna in the morning. 
He would rain down manna. It would be on the ground out in front of the tent. They'd go gather it up, bake it, and it would become bread for them. And so, I mean, it's powerful. A miracle, every, you wake to, up to a miracle every morning. They all get thirsty and complain about it. Once they went to the waters of Morrow, it made the waters sweet. Other times, God would have Moses strike the rock, boom, out comes water, and all of a sudden, God's not just watering the people. He's watering cattle and all their stuff. Pretty big stream. And so God's just moving supernaturally. Why is God doing that? What he's trying to show them is your natural is supposed to be supernatural. And you can trust me, even when you come out of this land that's unsustainable with miracle power, when you get into the land that I'm going to take you into, it's a natural land filled with natural blessing, and you're going to plant seed in it, and it's going to grow. But I, the reason why it's going to get blessed is because when you put natural seed in that world, the supernatural is going to cause it to bring an amazing harvest. So God's going to add his super to your natural. But you learn how to trust him when it was all supernatural. So that when you're doing your natural stuff, God's going to add his super to your efforts. And when they stopped trusting a God who taught them to trust him in the wilderness, but when it came time to go into the land, they said, God's not going to help us. And he said, okay, that generation can't go in. When the cloud disappears, I need a people that's going to believe I'm still there. And they can trust me in the land. Otherwise, they're going to end up like the people in the land already, and that's not possible. I can't bring an inheritance out of what's there already. We've got to remove that, bring you in, bring the covenant of God in. I can bring my son into the planet, and because of that, we're going to redeem everybody on the planet. And that's the story. And God had to use a people that were able to connect with him in, if you will, lifestyle Christianity the ability to trust God in a natural world and realize it doesn't matter if I'm writing contracts, it doesn't matter if I'm in the banking industry making investments, and it doesn't matter if I'm ironing laundry at the laundromat, it doesn't matter what it is. I give God my natural, he puts his super on it, and all of a sudden I'm living with divine utterance upon my life. That no matter where I am, it doesn't matter if it's aisle five at Kroger's or if it's somewhere on the sidewalk walking down the road, a God who is invading the impossible and invading my natural all the time wants to continue possessing the land. He loves people. He's crazy about people. He loves you. Come on. Do you know he loves you? See, here's the secret. He loves you, not just you. He loves people you don't even like. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you there, Egbert. Amen. (laughs) And I just want you to get this now. Get this. Get this. I get my heart from him. I get my attitudes from him. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. I also get my marching orders called the Great Commission. I also get invited into the yoke where I can talk with God in, in all day long sort of a capacity, and he answers me. And I'm walking in this, and again, to say I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. What's that mean? Okay, I get bright-eyed, I never blink, and I start to walk around like I'm on a cloud. Okay, he calls you to be supernatural, not spooky natural. He calls you to be spirit-filled, not spirit-weird. Are you with me? 
And some folks, I was ministering to a, a whole bunch of students at Dr. Clark's school over in Pennsylvania last week. And while I was there, there was one gal and she was kind of acting out and being distracting. And so forth, all in the name of being spiritual and so forth. And so finally I said, I said, sister, God loves you, but you're being distracting. Hold that and be quiet. And she kind of gave me a, a tough response. I said, well, everybody needs to get blessed here and so forth, but they can't be paying attention to you and Jesus at the same time. You be quiet. All of a sudden the lid went on that. Guess who got one of the coolest words out of all of them? God blessed her. He had a word for her. She just needed to shut up long enough to hear it. Amen. Can it be managed like that? <laughs> you read your Bible. His name is Jesus. <laughs> you need to read him. So just under, understand that God wants to do some special, amazing things. You just got to walk into your land of promise. Somebody said the promised land is a type of heaven. No, it's not. Moses didn't make it into the promise. Now, how many of you are pretty sure Moses is in heaven? The rest of you raise your hand even if you don't know who Moses is. <laughs> Moses, heaven, yes. Okay? Um, and so, number one. Secondly, there's no walled cities and armies to fight in heaven. And so, promised land is not a type of heaven. Promised land is a type of the kingdom of God. Well, there are enemies. There, are, there is resistance, but in the authority of his name, you win. In the authority of his name, you possess the land. Jesus said, Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 18, uh, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Flesh and blood didn't give you this, but my Father which is in heaven. And from now on, you're not Simon, you're Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. It's the ability to hear from God, do what he says. Hear from God, understand Messiah and his direction and his mission. Understand Messiah, hear from heaven, do the mission. Hear from heaven, do the mission. It's what Jesus said, I will build my church on and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. We're going to take ground. It didn't say you're holding a fort. You don't have a fort. Well, I mean, if you need a fortress, God is our fortress. Thank God. But God didn't hold the fort. He said, take the land. Amen. He didn't say pray about the mountain. He said, speak to it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm making this longer. I'm sorry. It's good. I'm having fun, though. I'm just having so much fun to share this with you. Jesus is not just the Lord of the church. He's the Lord of everything. Again, every mountain of influence, it doesn't matter if it's education or if it's government. It doesn't matter if it's media, arts and entertainment, business. It just doesn't matter what the sphere is. He's Lord. And he knows what's best for people in every sphere, and then he sends people just like you into those spheres of influence to be an influence for the kingdom, to bring heaven environment into a natural world because that's the way it's supposed to work. Go into all the world. He said, you're salt, but if the salt has lost its savor, what good is it to be trodden under the feet of men? But he said, you're, be salty. He said, you're the light of the world. Don't put it under a basket, but put it under a, on a candlestick where all men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. It's about being dynamically involved in the atmosphere where you're at and bringing God's super into your natural. It's just Christianity 101, and it's everything your Bible teaches. And so get as full of Him as you can get in the closing of this series. Just live as full as you can get. And by the way, that's your responsibility, not His. You're as full as you want to be. 
You're as full as you're comfortable being. But the more time you spend in the Word of God and hang around wild people like my wife, you'll speak the Word and lay hands on things and they come alive again. Amen. She's a world changer. Sounds like many mouths, but talks like the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. She'd take her little size six number, size six pump and stomp her foot and devil scream and run. Why? Greater is he that's in her than he that's in the world. They all have to answer. It's the authority of his name. None of us are hot rods. We're all servants. We're all sons. We all have an inheritance. Now walk in your inheritance. The world needs you to walk in your inheritance and show them what the love of God looks like because it's so shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray for you. Bow your heads with me today. And if you're watching online right now, I want to pray for you. And I believe God wants to do a miracle in your life today. A miracle of transition where suddenly God, His voice becomes recognizable to you and He sounds just like His Word. And if you need help with that, you're not alone in the journey. We're here to help you. We're here to to help you to discern. Pastor, this is what I heard. I think it was God. You think it was the Lord. Well, come, let us, let us pastor that. We're here to help you. But I want you to know something. An activated church will change the world. An apathetic church who simply goes to church but doesn't know how to be the church, nothing changes. It's an involved church. It's an engaged church. It's a church moved by the Holy Spirit that causes a change in the generation that we're in. People need you so desperately, not just in the natural and not just to be nice. They need you to be anointed. And so today can be that day for all of us. It has to start somewhere. Maybe you never heard anything about any of what I've said in a church because your church experience left this part out. Let me just tell you today, you can live with God. You can walk with God. It doesn't have to be religious, stuck up and kind of weird and cerebral. It can be today the life-changing love of God that the kiss of God and the aroma of heaven is living on your life every single day. You can wake up in the morning feeling nothing and you can begin to praise God and in five minutes you feel like you could run through a troop and jump over a wall. It has to start somewhere, my friends, and it can start as you mention his name in prayer. Jesus, come into my life and be the Lord of who I am. He will immediately respond to that if you'll just call upon his name. Are there things that need to change in our lives? There sure were a ton that need to change in mine when I came to Jesus. But I didn't have to change first. He came into my life and changes began to explode in my life because of his influence. And today it'll be the same for you. And so today, if you're ready for those kind of changes and for the journey to involve the Son of God today, let him take the sin out of your life. Let the journey begin today. Let the great adventure begin. And if you're in this room today and you say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. I know I need God. I know I need a Savior to take the sin off my life, the guilt off of my life. Today, I want to trust the Lord Jesus, not only with my past, but I want to trust Him with my today and my forever. And if that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And for those of us in the room and those of us online, I want to pray with you. And so if you're online, you say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. There's a raise the hand button right on your screen. Touch that. Immediately, it'll send information to you about where you go from here. But it's a raise of hand. Say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. If you're in the room today and you'd say, Pastor Pat, 
please don't leave me out of that prayer. I know I need God in my life. Pray for me today. I want to pray for you. I just know, I want to know who I'm praying for. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. Pastor Pat, don't leave me out. I need God. I see you, sweetheart. God bless you. God bless you today. Anybody, I see you. God bless you. Both of you back there, four, five, five six. God bless you, young man. Amen. God's good. Seven. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So good to have you too. What a joy. Ten years in prison. Hallelujah. Free now in church, in the house of God. So good to have you. Anybody else? Anybody else want to get out of the jail of sin and bondage? Say, Pastor, don't leave me out. I need God in my life. Who is that right now? You need God in your life. I want you to pray with me. I see you, sir. I love you. I want everybody to pray with me now and join these who have lifted their hands for prayer and those of you online as well. And as we call on the name of the Lord together, it's not about joining a church. It's not about being a part of a religion. It's about getting the king in your life and letting him do what only he can do. Today, if you'll call upon his name, a chain reaction of spiritual progress begins. The weights fall off. You become a brand new creature in Jesus Christ. Old things pass away. All things become new. And on to the journey you are. And so I got, my, I got somebody coming in Jesus' name. Right there he is. Hallelujah. It's only two foot tall, but it's good. Does mommy know where he's at? Okay, good. You know where he's at. All right, good. Good. Amen. I have a convert right here with a little green shirt on. There he goes. Changed his mind. Okay. Would you pray this prayer with me, everybody, all of us out loud and together? Dear God in heaven, I come in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Thank you, Jesus. You came for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead. Come into my life. Be the Lord of who I am. I repent for my sin. And I receive you today as the Lord of my life. Teach me what that means. And I know I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, say a good amen. Amen. Come on, the Lord's good. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.